Okay, let's begin our discussion of Bahar Bichukosai, Tavshin Ayin Zayin, as we round off the uh, third Sefer of the Torah, Sefer Vayikra, uh, ending off on a, on a high, as every Sefer ends off on a high, with Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazik. Uh, we finish this Sefer chock full of mitzvos, and we'll start off with one of the details, so many details of uh, Halacha in this uh, in these uh, chapters, as well as the Tochacha in the uh, in the second parasha, parasha B'chukosai. But one of the details that are mentioned in the first parak in Perachav Hay, which, as we know, starts off talking all about Shemitah and Yovel, as is discussed in the beginning of Parsha's Bahar, we have the Pasuk after uh, Shlishi, Uzratem as Hashanah Hashmin is talking about what happens uh, by uh, Shemitah and then by Yovel, and the Torah tells us, no land shall be sold eternally. If there is land sold, it goes back to its original owner during Yovel. Ki li ha'aretz. Hashem says, because the land is mine. The message of everything going back is to teach us that really we're not the Bailim. We might think we're the Bailim. We're the Bailim for 50 years. It feels like forever. But we are not the Bailim. Ki gerim v'toshavim atemi madi. You are gerim v'toshavim with me. Meaning you are not kavua in this in this uh, land. We've spoken in past years. Uh, is that a losase? Is that a tzivui? Uh, the Ramban discusses that. Rashi already discusses it. But we're going to go this year uh, with a derech machshava. Says Rav Yerucham in Das Torah, source number one. This idea is really a, and a, a continuation of the main ideas of Shemitah and Yovel. We have to realize that we're not in charge. That's what Shemitah teaches us. That's what Yovel teaches us. We are not in charge of what we have. Everything is a gift. Whether it's servants that go back, that go free. Whether it's fields. We have to realize, Our behavior has to reflect reality. And, With the real truth of what is, what is, exists. I'm going to sell a piece of land forever, but I'm not forever. So how could I be someone who could sell something forever? We have to realize that everything we have is temporary. Right, as the Navi says, right, What do we take with us? Torah and mitzvos. And then he quotes a story from Rav Chaim Yivalajan. Two people were fighting over a piece of land. They're each arguing. They're each fighting. He's mine. It's my land. This guy stole it. All of a sudden, Chaim Yivalashin, very unusual, he gets off of his chair where he was listening to the case, he puts his ear to the ground, and he listens. And he starts thinking. They say, excuse me, what are you doing? Well, we're asking you a question, you're busy putting your, your, your ear to the ground? What are, you, what are you trying to listen to? He says, Ratisi Makarka I want to hear what the ground has to say about this machlokas. V'shamitami, and I, you know what I heard the ground say? Haloshnechem shaliv al mahariva hamatza. You're both mine. What are you arguing about little trivial things? I'm in charge of both of you. Right, I'll... I'll 
I'm listening to the ground. And I realize what, what the physical world is going to end up with. Again, obviously trying to uh, be mashpia on them to realize the important things in life and how machlokas about certain uh, elements are not are not uh, appropriate. So that is what the halacha teaches us, all of Shemitah and Yovel, but specifically as we start off tonight, via Aretz, Losi Macher, Litzmisus, nothing is forever. Many Mishnahis and Pirkei Avos try to teach us that, that it's a temporary existence. We're just passing through, as the Chafetz Chaim said, and we have to have that attitude as we know what to focus on in life, uh, the temporary and the permanent. Okay. Moving right along till a couple of psukim after that. Says the Torah. It's fine. Rivi'i. New section. If your brother becomes poor, destitute, and he is forced to sell some of his achuzah, his goel, his redeemer, should come, who is close to him, meaning his relative, if he has a relative, should come, the goel, to try to help out his brother, right? If he has, if uh, if he can, right? Rashi tells us, I'm not allowed to sell any of my family plot in the days when such halachas were relevant, unless I'm forced to, right? And I sold some, so the goel, the relative, has to try to redeem it. If there's no relative, he'll... Get enough, umatzaga de gulaso. Okay, let's focus on each of these psukim. Torah starts off, v'chiyamuch achicha. As the Alshech HaKadosh. Most psukim in the Torah, when we have tzivuyim, or many of them, we should say, it's in plural. It's in plural. Right? Da'beru b'nei Yisrael. Ki tavo'u el ha'aretz, as the Torah starts off by saying. Right? Tavo'u, and you all come, many tzivuyim. What's not all of them? But by each one, we have to ask, why is this in, in plural? Why is this in singular? Right? We have the example, the difference between the two types of spheros. Right? One in last week's parsha, one in this week's parsha. Last week, we have usfartem lachem imachras The mitzvah spheros omer formulated in the plural. In this week's parsha, we have v'safarta lacha. Singular, talking to Bezdin, counting the Yovel. So every time there's some alash and yachid and alash and sibur, there's a reason for it. So ask the alshech hakadosh. Contemporary of the Arizal in Svat. Why here, Kiyamuch Achicha, your brother becomes poor? Why does the Pasuk have Lashon Yachid? Madua Pasuk, Kiyamuch Achicha, Namar Blashon Yachid, Lumat Shart Sivuya Tosh, Never Blashon Rabim. So many other Sivuyim in the Torah are in Lashon Rabim. Why is this one in Lashon Yachid? Says the Alshech, Umivair. Quoting here in the, uh, the summary of the Alshech from the Sefer Lasanik Basanukim. Umivair. It's the way of people. If somebody asks us for help, and even if it's a relative that asks us for help, we exempt ourselves. We shirk the responsibility. Somebody else can take care of it. You know, go to the other cousin. You know, somebody else can help you out. I'm a little strapped now for uh, for cash. Umare alacher. I point to someone else. You know, they really can help you out. They're comfortable. Shebiadolaz or yoter menu. They can really help out, right. especially if you're a relative. If there's a sibling that needs something, 
Now, can you ask so-and-so? Sometimes we ask our children for, for can you help them? Can you help him? Why? Why didn't you ask them? Why didn't you ask? Says the Torah, Lashon Yachid. Each person has to take this message. Your brother, your relative is poor, not only financially poor, but poor in a situation. You, the relative, need to come in and help out. It's your responsibility. Anybody has a bar about mitzvah to speak about this week? This is it. If it's a sibling who always is ready to help out, Right here, Kiyamuch takes it upon himself in the positive way. Don't push it off to someone else. And then he quotes, quotes two stories, two ideas. One is more of a thought. But first, uh, Rabbi Kiva Eger. In one of the travels of Rabbi Kiva Eger, line eight, his domain, one of the relatives of Rabbi Kiva Eger lived in a certain place. He wanted to go visit his relative. The people of the town wanted to warn Rabbi Kiveger. They knew that his relative was a simple Jew. You know, and uh, they, you're going to go visit this simple Jew? You're going to go visit your relative? You, the great Godel Ador. You're going to go, okay, it's your cousin, but you're the Godel, you're Rabbi Kiveger. Rabbi Kiveger answers, let me tell you something. Twice in the Tanakh do we find, or in the in the Halacha, the idea of hit alem to remove oneself, to make it as if I don't see. Where is that? Number one is Hashavas Aveda. The hit alam mehem. You shall turn away from the Aveda. Right. That is one. We'll see that's saying an exception to the rule that sometimes you can have a turning away. What's the second time? Yeshayah Navi tells us, Umi from your own flesh, from your relative, don't turn away. There's a difference between the two. By Ashavas Aveda, there are exceptions to the rule, Chazal tell us. If it's beneath my covered, if it's a Kohen in the Beisach Varis, there are times that I'm exempt from doing the Mitzvah Ashavas Aveda. Few and far between, but there are times. There's no exception to the rule of to help out a family member, to help out a relative. There's no exceptions given in Chazal. The pasuk is in Lashon Yachid, to emphasize that each of us have to do what we can for our family, separate from the midst of Kibbutz Aim, which is obvious for our parents, but for our nuclear family, for our relatives, if there's somebody that we could connect to and help out, that is something that we need to do. And then, finally, here, the Zevel Asani quotes a beautiful story from Yosef Misalant. We'll get to the bear Yosef as a little bit later, too. There was a city where a certain Ani lived and his daughter was, uh, had reached the age of marriage. Right? He, didn't, uh, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do to help marry her. There was an Ashir, very rich person, who was their relative, but he didn't want to give any, he didn't want to help out at all. He didn't want to give any tzmicha. When Rabbi Zundel found out about it, so he started to work. He started saying, you have a relative, you know, really you should help. Says the Ashir, he's, he's related, but you know what? He's, he's a third cousin twice removed. 
you know, it's not really such a close relative. You know, he's a karov rachok. We're not really related. This is the opposite of Jewish geography. Right? Usually we say, oh, yeah, we're mishpacha. Right? It's like a cousin, two cousins by marriage. And, but this guy wanted to exempt himself. We're not really related. You know, yeah, a little, but... Rebzodo asked, Hematoid mitzpalal kol yom, do you daven every day? Bavadai, Shevashir, what are you asking? Of course I daven. V'chikavod arav choshed bish enini mitzpalal. You think that I don't, uh, I don't daven? Amarlo, he says, okay, can I, can I ask you something? Sure. Beginning of Shmona Esrei. What do we say at the beginning of Shmona Esrei? Amarlo, I'm kidding, Amar no baznei, tchilas tvilas Shmona Esrei. Ne'elav ashir v'amar, hari kol tinok yodea, shabzicha tvilas Shmona Esrei, hi, barachad ha'ashem, alokei avr, alokei yizal, alokei yakov. Rebzillo says, wait a second, stop. Amar nali, matai chayu avoseinu ha'ele, when did these fathers of yours live? How close of a relative are they? Oh, they lived thousands of years ago. Hmm, Reb Zundel thinks. They're your forefathers, but they're not so close. But you still want to invoke their schus. You still feel that they could help you out when, they, when you need them, when you call on them. Schus avos. So much of our life is related to Schusavos. You're calling on the Schuyos of those relatives that are thousands of years. Third cousins twice removed. It's like a brother. It's very close. That are living with you today. Oh, he's a little distant. The Ashir realized the mistaken attitude of his words, and he gave the money that was that was needed. The message being, when it comes to family, we have to we have to be beyond, and we have to look at our family just to to. Uh, expand it a little bit. Again, we can't, it's literally, this thought is about family. We have to realize in a general sense that all Jews are family. We mentioned in the past that there are interesting halachos, I didn't give it to you, but interesting halachos about, let's say, ribis. Ribis, interest, taking interest. We're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. Uh, it comes up in this week's parsha as well. The isra of ribis. The halacha is that ribis cannot be taken from a Jew. But from other nations, ribis can be taken. Can be taken so one might think, really, ribis can be taken from an object? Isn't that fair? Isn't that racist? Isn't that against uh, the, you know, what, what we believe? We don't hold you higher. So if we think about it, it's not racist. It's not negative at all. Because really, is ribis evil? Ribis is not evil. Gezel is evil. Gezel Akim is Osir. But ribis is not evil. Money makes money. Every nation in the world, real, I'm doing you a favor. I'm giving you money. You're going to give me back a little more. For the Agarnatar, I'm giving it to you from my pocket, so you're going to pay for that service, just like you pay for renting my house, and you pay for renting my uh, borrowing, uh, leasing my car, so you're going to pay for using my, for renting my money. Nothing evil with that, but when it comes to family, there's a higher standard. What's the rule? What's the exception? The rule is that one could take ribis, one could take interest. The exception is that when it comes to my brother, you know, the Torah has a higher standard. The Torah has a higher demand. And therefore, by ribis, it's the standard for family 
and the standard for uh, non-family, but again, that applies to Am Yisrael as a whole, but here we are relating it to the nuclear family or even the cousins uh, related to the um, Pasik at hand. Good. Moving right along to the next Pasik. Says the Torah. We just read. If he's poor, what happens? The goel comes, the goel has been karachiv. Ish, ki lo yeh lo goel. What if he has no relatives? Lo yeh goel, pasach chavav, vihisiga yado, and finally, he gets enough money for himself, matzah gadei geulaso. And he has enough money to be goel himself. And the Torah goes into the calculations, and Rashi emphasizes the chishav hashnei mimkaro, and to figure out how many years left to Yovel, how many years was he sold for, how many years could he buy out his contract, so to speak. That is what the Torah describes. But interesting, says the Chedushi Arim, based on the Chedushi Arim, why do we have the first phrase in the Pasuk? The Pasuk says, ki lo yelo goel, if there's no relative that's able to redeem him, so when he gets enough money, he redeems himself. Why doesn't the puzzle just say, when he gets enough money, he redeems himself? Why do you have to have the extra if there's no relative? So that, just leave out that first phrase. We could have understood it perfectly without that first phrase. What is the puzzle teaching us? So we read this puzzle, we think it's a detail of a law that doesn't apply to us. But Rabbi sure here in the Lekach Valibuf quotes the Chalushi Arin that relates it to our lives. In so many situations in life. We mentioned this five years ago. Already this thought, but uh, we're repeating it now. Says the Revavar of Lekabalibov, line two, source number four. What did they have that first phrase for? Just say, Lamaisa, he gets enough money. See, so quotes based on the Chedushi The Gemara in Arachin tells us, The laws of Evid Ivri, only apply when we have Yovel. We don't have a law of Evid Ivri, Bismanazet. You, a person can't, it's impossible to make an Evid Ivri today. There's a whole way the Gemara, the Mishnah Kedushin describes about getting rid of the problem of Amzerus by using an Evid Ivri or a Shifka Gananis. It's impossible today, according to Postkin, because you don't have that status today. Why can't we have that status today, Evid Ivri? Because there's no Yovel. Why isn't there no, any Yovel? Because Yovel only applies when Am Yisrael are in Eretz Yisrael in the proper Shvatim's areas. Reuven has to be by Reuven, and Asher has to be an Asher. So even if most Jews are in Eretz Yisrael even, right, then we're getting there. Right now it's very, very, very equal. So maybe Shemitah might change, but Yovel requires Kol Yoshve in their, in their uh, right properties. But Evan Ivri only applies if when Yovel applies, fine, another detail. But says the Rim on a deeper level. Ain Evid Ivri Noeg El Bismancha Yovel Noeg. Evid Ivri symbolizes Avdus, symbolizes uh, enchained, symbolizes a difficult situation. There's never a situation of Evid Ivri where there's no possibility of his freedom. Bismancha Ena Yovel Noeg. Hashem never puts us into a position of Avdus if there's no Cheris that's also possible. This line of ain't every day we know El Yovel Noeg is telling us the idea that we all know Hashem never gives us a challenge that we're not going to be able to succeed in. Says the Chlushi Arim, Shatamun Kan Yesod, Shain Akadish Baruch Hu maybe Avdus Lo Adam Im Lo Yilo Derech Shiachalotzes Lecheres. He has to give you a way out. He won't give you a, a way without any hope. The Kol Hester Shabal Lo Adam 
You think you're an Eved. No, no, the Ovel. You, could, you have a Yovel in you. You just gotta find it. You just gotta work hard to get it. Hashem doesn't come unfairly against His creations. When we think we don't have any koach and we can't do it, we can do it. We have to just tell ourselves, sometimes even things seem impossible. We have to try to dig deep down. Hashem never gives us a situation which we can't handle. And therefore, you could also use that idea Says the Sif Seit Sadik, he quotes, to explain our Pasik. What's the first phrase? We said the first phrase was extra. Kilo yielo goel. How are we interpreting that? If you, do, you don't think you have a goel. If somebody thinks that there's no way out of the situation, this difficulty that I'm having with my Midos, this difficulty that I'm having with my child, the difficulty that I'm having with my Shalom Bayas, the difficulty I'm having with my Parnasa, whatever it is, Kilo yielo goel. There's no goel. There's no Gula in sight. Or we might say, nationally. Where's the Geula? Where's Mashiach? You're going to be, you could do it. You could be Masigig. You could reach it. Even if we've lost our Achiza, our hold on whatever we think is, is uh, sturdy in our lives. There's a way back. Right? You'll find your way for, for Geula. Taking details of Allah's and giving our, an additional level, a deeper idea, in order for us to appreciate these, uh, these halachas at the end of Ayikra. And then he says on line 19, No matter what sorrow we're having, I've sinned. I can't. Each in our own level. There's a problem that we have. We can't solve our ka'as problem. We can't solve our, our not, not making brachas with kavana problem. We can't figure it. Hashem says this passage gives us chizik. You can do it, says Hashem. There's no way. Hashem says, You just have to realize. And then you'll know there's Yeshua. And then he even adds, maybe based on the continuation of the Psukim. If we look a couple of Psukim later, the Pasuk says, When somebody is so poor and they're sold, he quotes it on line uh, 28. He's so poor, he sold to your brother. That's a hard word to translate. What does Eker Mishpachas Ger mean? Chazal tells us it's talking about someone who sold to an Avodazara. And why is it called Eker? Because Sofo Le'aker. All Avodazara will eventually be uprooted. So if, even if somebody is so poor and they're sold to a fellow Jew or to a non-Jew or to an idol worshiper or to an idol itself. So then, don't worry, you're going to get a, a pidyon. So again, now, ask the Lech of Alibov, being Mosif on what we just said. Lama daika kan nikra vodazara al-shem There's a vodazara mentioned 30 places in the Torah. A vodazara is mentioned all over the place. Only here is it formulated as aker. Which means sofo le'aker. Why doesn't it say that in the Aserah Sadibros? 
What did it say in the other, one of the other places where Avodah is mentioned? Tafke here, Eker is mentioned in this context. Says Rav Shur, based on what we've just said, what are we talking about here? We're talking about somebody who is poor, who is sold as an Eved, who's sold, he's lost hope, he has nothing. He's working in the base of Odezara. That's where he is. He's depressed. You know what Hashem tells him? Eker, sofo le'aker. It's not forever. This Avodah is going to be uprooted. It's not going to be forever. And that's what we have to take. Yesh Pa'amim line 7, on the right side now. She'ofan atzala shalada mikochas hara, rakadesh hara, nismali sata. It's so bad, v'tzricha le'aker. And it has to be nekavai de'zeh maslachadosh baruch hu Yisrael. It gets so low, and then Hashem can save us. That's Yeshua. Yeshua, it's a new, it's a new world. And that's the, the, uh, the derech musr that the Legav Alibov teaches us in this, in these psukim. Okay, moving right along. We have a number of smaller thoughts tonight. We have a couple of stories, and we have a couple of major essays. So a lot of little, little different things. First we'll do a couple of the smaller thoughts, and then we'll get to the major essays. But first we have a story which helps explain a... We already had one story. Then we'll have two. A story that helps explain a Pasuk. Pasuk tells us, getting back to Ribis, as we referred to before. Perach Pasuk Lamed Vav. V'chiyamuch achichum atoyadoimach. A lot of halachas about the poor. Al tigach me'ito neshech v'sarvis. Do not take... Interest from him. The Gemara talks about what's the difference between Neshech and Tarbis. One's from the Malvis point of view, one's from the Lovis point of view, discussed at the beginning of the fifth parak in Babmitsiya. The Yaresa Melokacha. Don't take ribis. Fear Hashem. The Yaresa Melokacha. Achicha Imach. And your brother shall live with you. We've discussed in past years that halacha. As Kasvacha, the Torah repeats. As Kasvacha, Lositian Lobaneshech. Do not give your Kesef in Neshech. Neshach is like biting. That's ribis. Uve marbis lo And in marbis, in another word for ribis, lo don't give your, don't give over your, uh, your properties. So the question is, which we're going to answer through a story, is what's the double asham? Pasich, lamed vav and lamed zayin seem to be saying the same thing. Right? Don't take, the first one though says, don't take ribis because fear Hashem. Second one says, don't take ribis, uve marbis lo siten what is what exactly is the message of the double psukim? Al derech drush, we'll say. Al derech halacha, the Gemara kadarshin out every time the, the, the Torah uses a different word. But al derech drush, second story tonight of Rabbi Kiva Eger. Rabbi Kiva Eger, he's not known for his stories, but there are great stories. Right, the most famous one being at the seder when he makes the first spill, so nobody else feels bad, and now he says, "Okay, see, I spilled." Weiter. So what's the what's the message of this double usher? So, a story is quoted here in the Yotzvah Satorah, a Maisa Shahaya that happened in the, in the year Posen, Posen, where Abkiv Eger was the rough. A very rich man died. He always lent money with interest. He violated that. Right? He was into the money. The Chever Kadisha wanted him to pay, his family to pay an, an enormous amount of money. He took so much money from people in life, we want some of it back. The other charge a very high price. Right, the Gemara in Baba Basra came up in Dafyomi this week, discusses that everybody should be buried in their own kever, meaning to pay a little bit for the kever. 
And the people were very upset at the Chevrolet Kadisha. What? What's going on here? They went to the governmental officials. So the police commissioner of the of the area called Rebekah and said, "No, explain yourself. Why is it fair? This 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 uh, Malve probably had a lot of connections in the government. So explain yourself." Says Rabbi Kivayager, as only a gadol could think of this answer so quickly. There is a, a thought in Chazal that a Malva Baribis, Malva Baribis is, is uh, not going to uh, um, live and come with Tchias Hamesim. This guy, this guy, he got a lot of his money through Ribis. So he's not going to get up with Tchias Hamesim if that's what he did. So says Yerkei Vegel, let's think for a moment. You know, usually when somebody buys a kever, what is the, what is, they're paying for the kever, but it's really temporary. Why is it temporary? Because eventually they're going to leave the kever. Eventually there's going to be Tchia Samesim. That's why you only have to pay a little amount. It's only temporary. But if somebody is Malvebaribis, they're going to be there forever. They're going to be there for a much longer time. So you got to pay a lot more. Says Rabbi Kivayger. you got to pay a lot more. That's why. What? What do you want from me? It's, it's fair. The word Dvarav was cut off. He's okay. I hear you. And the mocker of this, of this idea about a Malva Baribis is found in a Medrash in the Yalkut in Yechezkel. Kashrehechia Yechezkel's Atzmos Bibikas Dura. Kamu Misham Shishim Ribal Araglayab Chutzmi Yechad. One guy didn't get up from the dry bones. Amar Yechezkel, Ribbon Alam and Mativosh Lozeha Ish. Amar Le Beneshach Nasan Uva Ribis Lakach Vachai Chayolo Techia. Why Dafka Ribis gets that punishment is not for now, but if Gibeger says that's why he's got to pay a lot more. So, the suggestion is made, maybe now we understand the Psukim. What's the double Ashen in the Psukim? There are two good reasons why we take Ribbis. Two good reasons. Number one, what did the first Pasuk say? Kodesh Baruch Hu told you not to. Hashem said not to take Ribbis. Number two, You want to be alive with your brothers. The two phrases in the Pasuk by Ribbis. Listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and by the way, it'll be good for you. You'll be alive with your brothers. And then Pasuk, the next Pasuk adds, Mosifa Torah Otoelis. Another additional Toelis prophet, good thing. Don't pay with Ribbis. Why? He quotes a Pasuk. So you wanted to pay so much for your Kever. Right, so that's another good reason. It's all connected. But I'll pee this story of Rebbe Kivayger. We have the idea of the Isra Malva Beribis and all related the story and the double law shown in the Pasuk. Okay. We have to give equal time to Bichu Kosai. So we had four thoughts in Parshas Bahar and now we have four thoughts in Parshas Bichu Kosai. Two Bichu Kosai somewhat a uh, little longer, but uh, let's see. Bichu Kosai. Says the Torah. 
most famous Rashi in this week's parsha. Right? We've spoken about it often in past years. If you walk in my ways and you follow my mitzvahs, and you do them. Ask Chazal in the first Rashi. Walking in Hashem's ways is following his mitzvahs. What's the double lashon of Bichukosai Telechu? Shatiyu Amelim Batora. Says Rashi, Amel is hard work in Torah. And that is, in short, what the Midrashim talk about. If you look in the bottom of source number six, the Sifra, in Bichukosai Telechu, Malamed, Shamako, Misave, She Yisrael Amelim Batora. Hashem loves it that a Jew is working hard in Torah. And then he quotes the Rashi. Right? Amelus Batora playing a major role in the bracha that we hope to achieve. We know Bukhukosa, now we're getting to the brachas and the klolos. So if we're Amel Batora, so then we'll get all of the all of the brachas. And we've spoken about this in in uh, in uh, past years as as well. Says the Bear Yosef on the top of the left. What exactly is the secret to Amelus Batora? Top of source number seven. Why Dafka does the bracha come because we're Amel Batora and not just learning Torah? What if I learn Torah without Amelus? What if I dedicate my life, but I don't work so hard, but I, I, I work, look, learn many hours? Why is it? Line five. Fatnaya Rishon, Bahabrachas Vaklalos. This section of the Torah, Bichu Kosai, is leading right into the brachas. Why is it so crucial? Amelus Batora, why is that the key? Yeshlohavin line eight. Bazeh, Mashe, Berosh, Verishon, Hitchila Torah, Bitsnadios, Amelum Batora. Shazebem is Dover Kasha. It's hard. Lukhara, Yeshayach, Yosel, Askem, Dover Akao, Yosel Akaimo. Start with something easier. You go and add some Limina Torah. Viacharkach, Binyan Amelus, Torah. Why does it switch? Why does the Dafka go to Amelus Batorah and not just Lima Torah? So says the Bear Yosef something major. Okay, a couple of steps to his thought. A couple of steps to his thought. Step number one. Step number one, again, he, it's a lengthy piece. I didn't give you all of it, but I gave you a, a bunch of it, as you have on the next couple of pages. We're not going to read everything. Feel free to, uh, to look at it inside after. He starts off with a question of Tosfus that we are familiar with. And that is the Gemara in Shabbos, Pechas that in Yonah Diyoma, or in the last third of Sphira, about Kabbalah Satorah. The Gemara in Shabbos tells us that on the same daf, Peches Amid Aleph, that B'nai Yisrael were at Har Sinai, and what did Hashem do? He was Kafa Alem Hahar Kegigis. He held the mountain over our heads like a barrel, and he told us that Ba'amar Lahem Imatem Akalim HaTorah Mutav V'imlav Shamtek V'raschem Makes us the offer we can't, re- we can't refuse. Fine, that is Kavalem HaKagigas. As Tosos, later on in the same Amud, what the Gemara talks about, Nasev Right, our most famous, our most famous two words that we ever said, where is that? 24-7. Perach of Dalat Pasuk Zion of Sefer Shmos, Nasev We live by that 24-7. Says the As Tosos, how do those two things work together? Nasev Nishma, Kavalem HaKagigas. Did we do it willingly? Were we forced to do it? That's the, that's the kasha that Tosfos asks. Says the Ber Yosef, line 19, The Medrash Tanchuma gives one of the early popular answers. What's the answer? This is a different answer than what Tosfos gave. What does the Medrash say? The difference is, 
Torah Shebichsav, Torah Shebalpeh. We were ready, and Nasev and Ishman, Torah Shebichsav. That's finite, that's small, that we can handle. Torah Shebalpeh, it's infinite. Torah Shebalpeh, it's much harder. That, that we can't, that we weren't ready to accept willingly. That we weren't. Line 30, 29, nomar, Iov, Arucha Me'eretz Mita, Rechavim Inayam, Lotimati Be'eretz Achayim, Vechi Be'eretz Ha'meisim Timsa, Elashol Timsa, Tereshev Alpeh, where it's underlined, Eitzel Mishi Yivakish Oneg Ha'olam, Taiva V'Kavid V'Gdula, Ba'olam Hazeh, Elav Mishim Me'emis Ha'atzmo Aleha. We have to push ourselves if we want to be Kona Tereshev Alpeh. It's not easy. We need to break our heads. We've got to figure things out. And he quotes on the bottom also, a number of the Midrashim, that talk about the challenges of what we have to try to do in when we're involved in Torah Shabbat Peh. We have to give up all the other pursuits. We're connected to Kodesh Baruch Hu. Line 27 on the next column. Mivur Mikan. Shal Torah Shabbat 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 Ma'at Baraklalos. Torah Shabbat 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 we were ready to accept Nasev and Ish right away. Nasev and Ish Torah Shabbat. Avala Torah Shabbat Peh she harbe v'yishba pratos v'yishba limut atzar gadol v'yigia raba that we weren't ready for. Step number one. Okay, step number one is the Medrash's answer to Tosfos's question. Obviously, the Medrash is before Tosfos. The Medrash says Torah Shabbat Torah Shabbat Peh. Step two. We've mentioned that answer many times. Step number two says the Bar Yosef. But wait a minute. Let's think about this for a second. Ben Israel said, you know what? No Torah Shabbat Peh, only Torah Shabbat Sav. Esther Yosef, that's impossible. Why? Because you can't understand any of, tar- find extra Torah Shabbat Peh laws. But so much of Torah Shabbat Sav, you can't understand even just the words of the Torah. The Torah says, wear tefillin. Okay, what did tefillin look like? What am I supposed to write in my tefillin? What color am I supposed to tefillin be? What shape? We have no idea. What does that mean? What did tzitzes look like? How tall does the makkah have to be? But there's no mitzvah in the Torah that we know what to do without Torah Shabbat Peh. So what is, what's the, what, are, what were B'nai Yisrael ready to, to accept? They were ready to accept Torah Shabbat Sav. They can't be ready because you don't understand the words of Torah without Torah Shabbat Peh. So there has to be something deeper here that they were ready to accept Torah Shabbat Sav and not Torah Shabbat Peh. Says the Ber Yosef, turning over, what you have to say is, it's a Chiddush Gadol, but it's, it's something beautiful. Says the Ber Yosef, they were ready to accept Torah Shebechsav and even Torah Shebaalpeh if it would be written down and straightforward and tell me exactly what to do. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to break my head to try to figure out the drushes and the Zereshava and the Kavachomer and the Hekish and what's the Svara. No. Torah Shebechsav. Make it all, write it out, give me perfect instructions. I'm good at following instructions. I don't want to break my head to try to figure out what the Torah wants from me. That's what they were ready to do. That's what it means. They, want, they were ready to accept Torah Shebechsav. Anything that, not Torah Shebechsav as we know it, anything that would be Bechsav, we'll accept. Anything that's Balpeh, that we have, to, we have to work very hard to figure out, that, that's, that, that we're not ready for. That's too hard. Says the Ber Yosef now. Shekol line fourteen. Shekol Torah b'mitzvot sevas haroseha tiena mefurashos umevuaros. Akol b'ksav miyad Hashem v'loshet dei atorik suva rak v'remez u'beklolus. No, don't give me hints. V'shiyut tzrichim yegiya v'amol rabbi dei Torah shavalpeh v'dei midos atorin reshes b'ahead. Tell me exactly what to do. 
I can't, I can't spend time with all the drushes. What is that? That's, this is all step number two. Right? So what does the Kodesh Baruch Hu answer? No, sorry. It doesn't work that way. That's not my plan. There's Torah Shebech Sav and there's Torah Shebal Peh. And it's not just about finding out the information, which I can write it all out for you. That's not what I want. That's not the plan. It has to be Balpeh. And you have to have a Rebbe. And you have to follow the Mesorah. And you have to work hard to figure it out. That's part of the Kabbalah. And therefore, we were ready for Torah Shebech Sav, even the Torah Shebalpeh, as long as it's Bechsav, Hashem says, no, no, no. Kafla Markagigis, there has to be a Balpeh element, which you need to accept as is, because that hard work is part of what I need you to accept. Towards the bottom right, so it has to have the hard work. Next step. We're almost there. So why? Why? Why did Hashem do it? We're trying to figure out divine kavana. That's a little, a little dangerous. But in here, like, why would Hashem not just tell it to us everything, what we need to know? So it would be a very long Torah Shabbat But why did he leave it in a way that was ambiguous, that was unclear, that we have to work very hard to figure it out? Why is Amelus such an ingredient? Says the Ber Yosef. Because if we want Torah to change us, if we want Torah to refine us, to shape our, our spiritual personalities, if we want it, this is his Lashon, those phrases are added on, if we wanted to protect us from the dangers of the world out there, like the Torah says, like Gemara says, Barazi ate Sahara, Barazi Torah Tavlin. Hashem made something very dangerous, but He told us. He made a poison, but He gave us the antidote. Torah is the antidote. The only way that Torah can be the antidote for all the dangers out there and how it can really shape who we are is if we work hard. Anything that's easy doesn't last and doesn't shape us and doesn't refine us and it's not chakuk as the Lubavitcher Rebbe said we mentioned a couple of years ago b'chukosai b'chukosai is from the word chakuk to be engraved if we work hard it becomes engraved on our hearts that's what Hashem needed by Har Sinai that's what Hashem needs also here in b'chukosai it's another bris right what does it say at the end of the of the uh, of the klolos eila hachukim amishpadim ha'atars asher nasten Hashem b'yinobin iso b'har Sinai b'yan Moshe this is a covenant a covenant has to be everlasting. Says the Ber Yosef, it's all for our good. Bottom left. And that's why, that's the Tanai for the Bracha. Because you want the Bracha, you have to be committed to Hashem. How are we committed to Hashem? Work hard. This is something so foreign for our generation. Because in our generation, working hard is just not in our vocabulary. And the, the younger we are, the less it's in our vocabulary generally. Because things are so easy. And, you know, where there was a time where maybe our grandparents remember where you had to go down, you didn't have running water everywhere, right? So that was certain levels of hard work. Now we have running water, we take it for granted. But then maybe we'd have to walk somewhere. Maybe we'd have to go to the library to get some information. Maybe we'd have to... Do A, do B. Maybe we would have to warm something up on the oven and not have it. Mike, Mike, everything's got to be quick, quick, fast, easy. That's the generation we live in. It's so hard to inculcate within ourselves and in our children the ethic of hard work bringing the fruits of our labor. But that's what the Bar Yosef says life's all about. 
If we want it to shape us, it's got to come through hard work. Shatiyu amelim batom. And he continues and finishes it up, but we're not going to read the rest of it, but he has it uh, here. Uh, feel free to, uh, to read it. Okay, moving right along. That's the first thought here in Bichu Kosai. Next, source number 10. The brachas themselves. So we know the Torah is very short. I mean, short in terms of the um, what the brachos are. The, the klalos take up a lot more room in uh, Parshat Bichu Kosai. But all the brachos, as we know, are expressions of the physical. Tzvua and enemies are going to be overthrown. So we've mentioned this thought in the past, but this year we'll see it in the eyes of Rabbeinu Bachai. The Torah doesn't mention anything about real reward, about Olam Haba reward, about spiritual reward. Isn't that really what the reward's going to be? The Torah never mentions Olam Haba, explicitly. We interpret certain sukkim Remez right? Referring to Olam Haba. But it doesn't say, it says Gashmi rewards. As in Shema. Right, in Shema, we talk about Matar, Tzachem, Bi'ito, Yoru, excuse me, Omalkosh. Says Rabbein Abachai. Vihisalakti, right, one of the Psukim is, I will go amongst you. Vihisalakti, Besochachem. Says Rabbein Abachai on line four. Vihisalakti, Besochachem. Ein lo havino so yude aguf. El yude ha nefesh lo Olam Haba. Every time a reward is mentioned in the Torah, it's not in this world. He doesn't quote it, but we could quote it. Remember the Gemara at the end of the first parak in Kedushin, where Reb Yaakov, one of the Tanoim, says there's no schar in this world. Because after all, according to one opinion of the Gemara, he saw the story. He saw a child who was, told, who was asked by his father to do Shiluah Hakan. He goes up on the tree, falls down and dies. The two mitzvahs that have Arichus Yamim, that's what happened. The Gemara tells in Kedushin. So says Rabbi Yaakov there, there's, there's, the schar described in the Torah can't be in Olam Hazeh. But Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar just expands upon that. And he says, fascinatingly, when Torah Sheb Balpeh talk about Olam Haba, right, for example, one of the more famous comments, at the end of Tainus, Hashem's going to be in the middle of a circle, and all of a going to be dancing around. Why Dafka a circle? Many pshatim given. But says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, a circle doesn't have, have an end. A circle goes around and around. The Tainug of Olam Abba is going to be like a circle. It's never ending. We can't fathom that. It's like a little spooky and scary for us to think about it. What does it mean eternal? We can't, we can't understand that. We can't because we're human beings and we're finite. But says Rabbeinu Bachai, the Torah doesn't say it because it can't be described in words. A circle. There's no beginning, there's no end. And therefore, that's what it says. And then he says, continuing, that, V'arev, line 15, It has to say it in physical words, And the Torah relies on the maskil, the thinker, to realize that they're not real. It just can't be, look around the world. It can't be that this is it. It can't be that the physical, that the, the greatness of, of Amelos Matara, we're going to get rain. Rain has to symbolize something. And maybe it can be in the next world. But the marshal is given, you know, you try, it, we, we, can, we say, oh, try us, we can understand it. 
Try explaining astrophysics to a dog. Try it. You could try try for, for a couple thousand million years. It's not going to happen. Because a dog doesn't have the kalim to understand it. It's out of his hasaga. Right? If we try to explain the super galaxies to human beings, we can't. Even with the greatest microscope. Kavachomer. Of what Olam Haba is and the rewards, it's like trying to explain having an intellectual conversation with a rhinoceros. I mean, it's just, it's like humorous. But that's why the Torah can't do it, because it's just, it's not going to mean anything. It's just going to be sounds. That's why we have to realize all the brachas here are symbolic. And they're not what we think they are. Okay. One more thought with two answers before we get to the final essay of the evening. The Torah tells us towards the end of the Tochacha, a pasik that most assume is a little bracha stuck in in the middle, towards the end. Perachava pasik membeis v'zacharti esprisi Yaakov v'af esprisi Yitzchak v'af esprisi Avraham ezkar v'haaretz ezkar. Don't worry, I'm going to remember Yaakov, Yitzchak, and Avraham. Right, one of the five places in Tanakh where Yaakov is spelled male with avav. The Medrash says that Elio is spelled without avav in five places. Yaakov took an iravon. Good. So the question that Rashi already asks, in the name of Chazal, why the Avos backwards? The only time in the Torah that the Avos are backwards. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, we understand that. Yaakov, Yitzchak, Avram. Why does it say it that way? So says the Rashi. Rashi's answer is, Klomar, Kedayu Yaakov, Akadon Lakach. Yaakov, just the schus of Yaakov is enough for you. Vemeno Kedai, and if it's not enough, he's on Yitzchak's shoulders. And if that's not enough, he's on Avram's shoulders. Meaning it's cumulative. You have Yaakov's Chuyos, and not only that, you have Yaakov Yitzchak's uh, cumulative. Okay. Two other answers given by the Achronim. Says the Apirion. The Apirion is the Shlomo Gansfried in his, in his commentary on Chumash, the author of the Kitzel Shulchan Aruch. Says the Apirion, quoting Rashi, he says another pshat. Yeishlomar, od, tahavi bederach lozu avzu. It's, it's a lot, we should understand it as a not only this, but even this. Not only is I'm going to give you the schus of Yaakov, that's for sure his schus. Because after all, he had 12 children who were all tzaddikim. Even Yitzchak, who you might say, well, Yitzchak had another son. No, no, no. But Hashem says, you're going to get the schus of Yitzchak, even though there's another son. And not only that, Avraham. Avraham. Yishmael, B'nai Keturah. No, no, no. Even Avram, you're the one that's going to get this chus. That's the Chiddush. I are going to give you this chus of Yaakov. That's simple. Even this chus of Yitzchak, though he had an Esav. Even this chus of Avraham, though he had other children as well. And though he loved Yishmael, but Hashem says, you're going to get this chuyos. Wamshat. Or Rashi, Tapirion. And then let's go back in time a little bit to the Klayakar. It's cut off on top, but the Klayakar. Zacharias Bizi Yaakov, similar to the Apirion, but differently. The Apirion gives a mashal, as we'll see. I'm sorry, the Klayakar. Lefisha Bechaldar Vadar Ochlan Yisrael Menischus Avos. We use Chus Avos in every generation. Alkenis Kirin Lamafreya, but Derech Lozu Avzuktani. Right, same lashon of the Apirion. Derech Mashal. Mishi Yishlo Gimel Kisim Shalmos. Imagine I have three bags of money. In each bag, there's a hundred gold coins. One of them, I start emptying on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And then the second one on Rosh Chodesh Iyar. And the third one on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Let's say it's the fourth day of Sivan. I look back at the bags. 
there's going to be a lot of money still in the third bag because I just started emptying that one out. The year one will have lost a bunch, but the earlier one, forget it. That will have lost a lot of money. I've been using it that for three months. Says the Klayakar, the schus of Yaakov Avinu, that started the latest. So there's a lot of schus left. Says Hashem, not only though you're going to get the schus of Yaakov, I'm going to give you the schus of Yitzchak. Don't worry, it's never going to run out. And not only that, even the schus of Avram, who started so early, you might think it's running out already. No, no, it's never going to run out. It's never going to run out. Not only Yaakov, not only Yitzchak, but even Avraham. So Rashi, the Apirion, and the Klayakar. Good. Tonight we're going to end off with a thought from the Meshachachma, a real, a major thought. I don't think we've done it in a parashish year before, which is surprising, but uh, we have to do it now, and it'll also help us, give us an appreciation for the the time that we're living in right now, the uh, the celebration that Klal Yisrael um, should be, uh, we should all be celebrating this week when we, we uh, thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Yerushalayim Yerach Kodesh. That one of my Rebbeim said recently that when he was growing up in the 60s, it wasn't even like a, a, a thought. Like, are, will we ever see the, we won't see the Kotel? Our children won't see the, the base of Megdash, obviously. But the, our, we won't. Our children, our grandchildren are never going to see the Kotel. Like what? It's not even like on the radar. When Mashiach comes, we'll get the Kotel and they'll get the base of Megdash. That was the thought. That was the thought. And when our Rahman al-Assan, our enemies, were all facing us, promising to drive us into the sea, and with Nisim and Eflos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have to, we have to be makertov. We have to be makertov. Says the Meshachachma. The same idea, much earlier. What we have to appreciate. Says the Meshachachma. Ho'inyan, on the Pasik, even when you're in Golos, I'm still with you, says Hashem. Says the Meshachach, well, a few points. Number And it's a classic. Number one, we're running out of, we don't have so much time to go through it, but please, everybody should go, we, we have to go through this slowly. Number one, says the Meshachach, when we think about how God runs the world, when Hashem decided and orchestrated events that were going to be in Gaulus for thousands of years, a few Gaulios. Hashem put it into the Bria that there will never be a time where we would be totally obliterated physically or spiritually. Totally assimilated. It's going to get pretty bad, but there are certain mechanisms in place that will always make sure that doesn't happen. And there were even certain personalities that made sure of it. Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu. Right? He gave instructions when he went out to Mitzrayim. You take these cedar trees and you bring them up. And he says, don't bury me there. Burial is a very emphatic, permanent act. Come bury me in Eretz Canaan. Mitzrayim is not your home, says Yaakov Avinu. Vimhaya Yaakov, line 18. Avi kol shifte Yisrael. Kavur sham. Halo haya misyashem Eretz Canaan. We would have given up. We would have gotten lost in Mitzrayim. Yaakov sees that in the future. He says, carry me up. Yosef HaTzadik. 
carry up. Yaakov was easy. It was at the beginning. Yosef foresees the hundreds of years of Gaulus. He says, take my bones. What's he telling them? This isn't your home. You're not going to stay here. So Yaakov did it. And Yosef did it. And Ezra HaSofer and Ashik Ezra did it. As the Psukim describe, describe and as Chazal add on. Step number one. Step number two. Says the Meshachachma, as many Achronim point out, historians, the greatest miracle in the world is the history of the Jewish people. That we're still here. That how many nations have tried to get rid of us systematically, and yet we're still here. Says the Meshachachma, Lo Part two. But part three, says the Meshachachma, think about history. What has happened? How is it that we're still around? Hashem says it in Tagalas. I'm just saying it outside now. We start off as downtrodden, lowly citizens. We work our way up. We become respectable citizens. We move our way, maybe even into government, maybe even into, right, the Abarbanel was a governmental official. And yet, there comes a time in every Gullus, says the Meshachachma, looking back, when he lived in the beginning of the 20th century, there hasn't been a Gullus that has ended well. Every Gullus since the Churban Beis HaMikdash has not ended well. Jews go up, and then Jews go down. But that is the mechanism how Kaddish Baruch Hu makes us realize that wherever we are is not home unless we're in Eretz Yisrael and unless we're in Yerushalayim or Kodesh as our capital. And that happens, and he continues, again, not going into all of the details, but he continues on the next page. And he's talking about, remember what he's talking about. He's talking about the, 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 the teens of the 20th century. And he says a very, uh, a much quoted line, bottom right, a very scary line. Some, so many times in history, we have forgotten. We have forgotten Eretz Yisrael. We have forgotten Yerushalayim. Look what he writes on line 42. ki Berlin, he Yerushalayim. And there are those amongst us that think Berlin is Yerushalayim. I'm nervous that we get too comfortable in the Gullus, says the Meshachachma. There's going to be a storm that will come. And then he will know that he is a Ger, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make sure that we know that he sees Meshachachma just looking at history. But we have to realize what our home is, and he writes at the end, at a time when everyone will understand and realize what Gullus is, what Geula is, what we need. And again, at this time of year, when we, and this time of history, when we all recognize the schus that we have to walk around the Yushalayim Mirah Kodesh, when we have the schus to Davin at the Bekomos HaKadoshim, something that many thousands and millions of Jews in history wouldn't have dreamed of. And we have the schus, we have to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu, remember, even the Chassam Sofer talks about 200 years ago, even Svat, Irak Kodesh is not Yerushalayim, Irak Kodesh. Yerushalayim is in a class of its own. We have to realize that, uh, focus on it, daven for it. We don't want just Yerushalayim. We want Yerushalayim Hapnuya. Hashem should give us the merit of not just seeing the ability to go to Yerushalayim and to go to the Kotel. We want to go to the base of Migdash. We want to be able to see it. Bichvodo, Ubihidura, Be'ezras Hashem, Be'erav Yamein.